Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 12th episode of Untold Story Told. Today, we're joined in by Sway Dean. Sway is a therapist and coach, mental health speaker, author, founder and producer of Polite but Savage podcast and the co-founder and co-CEO of Kaleidoscope Vision. With credentials in CBT, holistic therapy, life and career coaching, she's an entrepreneur with a driven passion for mental health based on her own personal battles and professional experience. Prior to the many hats that she wears at present, she worked as a special educator for 6 years to help children and adolescents on the spectrum. Today, she will share her healing journey with us as a trauma survivor of domestic violence and trauma-induced depression and anxiety. She will share with us how she made it when no one expected her to make it, let alone her own self. Hello, Swetin. How are you? I'm brilliant. How are you? Good, good. It's a really cold night here in Sydney tonight and uh my kids have fallen asleep and so it's mom's time to do her podcast <laughs> with the great Swedeen. Uh, could you oh, tell no. us? <laughs> no, no, you? no. I'm I'm not that big, but um <laughs> I will tell you the contrast is that it's 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 bloody hot in here, okay? I'm in Dubai. It's really hot in here. It's always humid. So, you're lucky that it's cold in there. And you know what? Mom time all the time. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. So, um Swedeen, why don't you start with telling us about what an amazing person you are? Are you so you you humble me. You really honor <laughs> me with your words. I, the kindness is making me blush. Um but in a nutshell i'm just an entrepreneur with a huge heart for mental health why is because uh, i'm a trauma survivor of domestic violence and um i spent most of my childhood being um mentally and physically abused and my abusers were my parents um but something happened i was 15 and uh my parents well specifically my father he tried to he tried to kill me basically and um something clicked in me that night because they when when i did not give him the pleasure mm-hmm. anymore even though i was bleeding and i was like at the corner of my room 
Mm-hmm. Um, when I stopped giving him the pleasure of knowing that I was in pain, because I went in shutdown mode, I just felt like, you know what, this is it. My life's going to end now. But when that, when he stopped receiving that acknowledgement, like, oh, she's not crying anymore. She's not saying stop. Mm-hmm. He stopped. Mm-hmm. And that's when my mom, who was standing there for 20, 30 minutes straight, not doing mm-hmm. anything, she was like, we need to take her to the hospital. And then my father and my mom kind of got into an argument because my father was like, you know what? If she goes to the hospital, um, they'll know it's me. So and at that point, I was just thinking like, you guys really have the audacity to be like arguing when I'm bleeding out here. Yeah. And obviously now when I talk about it, it's it's a lot more easier. It's a lot, lot more easier. But in that moment when I was finally taken to the hospital, my mom just told me, don't tell anyone that it was your dad. Make up a lie and sell it. She didn't even come to the ER with me. And... Mm-hmm. That was the last time I lied for my parents. That was the last time I lied for anyone that, that you know, mm-hmm. made me feel so small about myself and so in- insignificant. Um, mm-hmm. Right, I think one year after that, I left home and I never looked back. Um, I was homeless mm-hmm. for three months, but I didn't care. I really did not care. I was just like, as long as I'm breaking the cycle that's just making me feel so terrible about myself, even though I was the one who was going through, you know, everything that was going through. And um, yeah, I've just never looked back ever since. And I just followed my passion because the thing is, I knew even though there was a huge part of me that felt so like, you know, my life is unfair Mm -hmm. at that time. I always knew that people do what they do for a reason people do and feel and behave the way they behave or feel because they've gone through something themselves and Mm -hmm. I picked up psychology and um today I'm you know a therapist a coach I wear many other hats but (laughs) today I'm 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 just so aware that you know my mom and my dad couldn't help it they didn't heal and because they didn't heal, the projections were as such towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a part of me, well, I'm still healing, obviously. Uh, the healing mm-hmm. journey is never ending. But mm-hmm. there's a part of me that just wishes, you know, I could go back in time and tell my younger self that the world is not ending because yeah. I really changed my world. I really changed it. And I wasn't, I, I never thought it was going to be possible, but I did it. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, It's so amazing that at the age of 15, you had an idea about the fact that you wanted to rescue yourself, like save yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Because at that young age, I mean, a 15, a normal 15 year old would just be like not even interested in like life as, as, as intense as, you know, it is, uh, you know, they, they're not really centered, like they're a teenager. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay, I, I just, I'm just gonna, you know, have fun with my friends and whatever happens, happens. It's like a carefree sort of a mm. age. But with the kind of um, circumstances or the situations that led you to that place that you were at 15, mm-hmm. you, you, you had that vision that you wanted to help yourself. That's amazing. Thank you. I yeah. till date, whenever I tell people 
um, my story or my journey and when they, you know, say the kind, word, kind words that you do, it always makes me feel, you know, a tad yeah. bit better because I didn't have that growing up and I didn't have to be so aware at 15. I didn't have to be so responsible. I didn't have to mm-hmm. be in survival mode, but I was. And, you know, today I, I honor my inner child mm-hmm. for doing that for me because I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here today if 15-year-old yeah. Sway wasn't like, you know what, this this has got to stop. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if you look at yourself today, it's, it's because of everything that you've been through that makes you such an amazing person in the capacity that you are for others, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. if, if it weren't for my lived experience, I could still go ahead and study what I studied and be an expert in my field. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for those experiences, I wouldn't be here and be, you know, confident and proud to say, you know what, the world doesn't end there. And mm-hmm. time flies. Time literally flies. We think of time as such a vast aspect, but in reality, mm-hmm. it's it's so minor. And today you could be on one side of the coin and tomorrow you could be on the other side of the coin and it would happen even before you know it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I always tell this to others, um, wherever I meet um, and friends know this about me. I always say that you never know uh, if you can be in somebody else's shoes, like um, I think people get generally uh, people get too caught up in their own realities and think, oh, this is what I have. Like I have yeah. this house, like the security I have is my security. I mean, mm-hmm. God, God bless them with more. But in that you need to have this little humbleness, this humility where you need to understand that one day you might not have any of that, but that's OK. But it's it, it's, it's like knowing that you can be in somebody else's shoes who has yeah. nothing at all. So that doesn't have to be material goods. It can even be like a peace of mind or just having all your body parts working just help. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. And you know what? The, the saddest thing that I see in most people today is that they don't understand that every bad event has mm. a flip side it has a door open full of opportunities. And it's because people get so caught up in the bad moment and the negativity that they don't see that, oh my God, the universe is aligning in such a way that yes, this one bad thing is happening and there is negative energy in this aspect. But if I look around me, there's so many things to be grateful about. And because we're not practicing that gratitude for the little things, because I remember as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, Even when, you know, I was going through things, for me to begin healing, which is what I tried to do then, to renew my energy, because as a survivor, waking up every day to have the energy to go through the the abuse over and over again, you have to keep renewing your energy. Mm. You have to keep renewing your emotions so that you're ready for the next day and what's it going to bring. And I remember the one thing that kept me going was every day when I woke up, I would just be thankful to the universe and thankful to myself, you mm. know, for getting, for, for still being alive, for still breathing, for still having yeah. a bed, for still getting food, water, having friends, even though I couldn't talk to them about everything that I was going through. Mm. But it was these little things that made me realize, you know what, if I really ask myself today, if, as a 15-year-old, I would really ask myself, like, if 20 years down the line, 
Am I still going to be living a life like this? I knew I wasn't. I just had to find out how could I reach the next, you know, to the other side of the grass. And also why won't I be living in this situation for for the next 20 years? And when we don't do that, is when we get caught up in ourselves and we forget of all the beautiful things that still around us, that still surround us when we're going through dark days. Yeah, and I, and I think when you must have first started, there must be um, a whole lot of limiting beliefs that you might have to tackle oh, within and external and the people around you. Like it's just like it's everywhere. No. You know, as a 15-year-old and even till today, um, I don't think some habits just die really hard. Um, My external world and my internal world were very jumbled up when I was young because I felt like my parents' validation and acknowledgement, no matter what they did to me, was my reality. But it wasn't because I you know, I would, I would beat myself up so much when I would get angry and when they would make me feel bad for getting angry for the behavior that they were portraying on me. But I realized, you know, when I grew up and I I started living a healthy life that nobody else's validation or acknowledgement matters other than your own. Yes. And that my inner child and my shadow self need to be in a balance because my shadow self at that time, and even today, shows me things and tries to tell me things that I need to improve on, need to, you know, put away. For example, when I get angry today about something, I know that's my shadow self. I know that's something I don't like admitting, but why is it happening? If I, if I keep beating up my shadow self, I'm never going to heal that inner child because my shadow self exists so intensely because yeah. of the pain my inner child has gone through. Yeah. That's so, so interesting. No, it, it, it's it's the truth. It's the simple truth that, you know, I've seen so many people that beat themselves up for the shadow mm. self. You know, they bash themselves every time they get angry or they, you know, use abusive language. I get that it's wrong, but you mm. have to dig, you have to dig deeper if you really want to change that wrong to right. Mm-hmm. And mm. if you don't do that work, you're never going to know what are the, what are the holes in you that you need to fill. That's it. That's it. And I I always like say, I talk about this a lot, uh, about dealing with our emotions uh, and that how important it is to tackle um, our, our dark thoughts, our dark uh, shadow, uh, shadow sides that we have. Like we have got the shadow and then we've got light. And to accept both as a part of us is going mm-hmm. to bring us to this acceptance of our authentic self. Like this is who we are. These are mm-hmm. the experiences we had. Yes, they are still tough on some days to put up with them but I as you said you renew your energy and you become like grateful and so gratitude helps you through it but with those emotions of feeling like that they will never ever know that what they need to sort within themselves and then one day a situation comes up in life and the person is behaving just like they did when something traumatic happened to them it's it's because Mm -hmm. those blocks were never attended to those blocks were never visited yeah yeah absolutely and you know um i say this very often and as often as possible because this is so essential when you know 
in psychology, there are the core beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. And our core beliefs are basically, uh, you, you could say the negative aspects of our core beliefs are 80% of the time from our shadow self. And mm -hmm. what people don't understand is that the core beliefs, right? They keep mm -hmm. mistaking that the core beliefs are facts. But in reality, our core beliefs are just opinions. Mm -hmm. So they're very changeable. They're very, very changeable. And they're because we as humans are ever evolving and mm. the world that we live in is ever evolving and the mm. universe that the world resides in mm. is ever evolving yeah so to live in a space like this our yeah. inner world our, our core beliefs are ever evolving there is mm. nothing that's a fact so if someone someone comes up to me and tells me that they're mm. an angry person i'm just going to be like no you're not an angry person. You think you're an angry person because there's something that you have triggers. You know, why, mm. why, why do you get angry? Because you've got triggers. You've not dealt with your triggers. You haven't learned about your anger to yeah. understand why you get angry. Yeah. So your core belief about the fact that you are an angry person is wrong. It's just an opinion that you've built for yourself and you're not, you're not you know, having that peace and what you're doing in this process when you don't have that peace, you know, with your shadow self, you're hurting your inner child even more because the inner child has already gone through so much. And now, hmm. you know, the inner child is portraying itself in, in such different ways through the shadow self. And when you bash that and not go to the root of it hmm. and call it a fact, you've stopped doing the work. Hmm. Hmm. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And many people, you know, just they just go about in life and they just don't de deal with these emotions. Like, I know people who don't deal with their anger. And, and I'm glad you put that out. Um, you know, it can get really difficult when mm -hmm. somebody just gets into relationship after relationship and doesn't sort out their issues because you're just basically throwing yourself on the other person and mm -hmm. uh, expecting them to somehow uh, save you or like cure fix you, you. And, and fix you. Well, mm -hmm. that's not how it works because eventually people have babies and kids together and they have that same mentality that this other person that I've married or my spouse, my partner, whoever I've had kids with, we're going to bring up a family. But then in our heads, we are not balanced. Like, yeah. so how, I mean, parenthood is so hard in itself. And then if you're mm -hmm. not balanced within, then it's just going to be a crazy thing for the kids. They're not going to understand. Ooh, yeah, I mean, their whole idea of what parents are is going to be just a delusion. No, definitely. And you know what? Um, it's 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 an it's an interesting thing that you that you brought this up, especially mm -hmm. in a relationship, because mm -hmm. I don't think um, it's wrong for an individual who's going through something to be want to be saved or want to be fixed, because. Our external world impacts our inner world a lot, right? Hmm. So how I look at it is that if I'm in a relationship and if I, let's say, I have anger issues, my expectancy of wanting someone to save me or fix me is definitely wrong. But it's not wrong for me to be like, you know what? These are my triggers and they make me angry. And anger is just the, it's the tip of the iceberg. Mm. Why do I get angry? It's because I get sad, I get frustrated, I get upset and so many other emotions, right? 
Now, mm. when I feel these things, I, I let them, I let the other person know I've got these triggers and this is how it makes me feel. Mm. I need help with Dash. Mm. It's, it's not wrong to expect help yes. from yes. the person that you're with. But it's definitely wrong to expect to be saved and fixed. Because when you're asking for help, you're finally aware that there is something that you need to work on and you know you can't do it alone. That's it. That's it. That asking for help part is just uh, ego plays such an important role here. When It kind mm-hmm. of limits you to actually save yourself. I mean, in sense that if you have an anger issue, you wouldn't speak up because... Let's say a person's not speaking up because they their ego is telling them, "Oh, you're, are you a, are you a, like a crazy person that you need to see a psychologist, or are you are you like some is something medically wrong with you?" No, no, you're not. There's nothing wrong with you. As in, there's yeah. nothing wrong with me, so I don't need to see a therapist. There's nothing wrong with you. But then, hello, you do recognize that this is something out of your hands. So I think for most people who do have uh, as something that's not working out for them. It's something they cannot control. So it's, it's good to call out for help. But it's that Definitely. little that little uh, crossover of time where like place where they, they can't cross over. So they're stuck. Mm. And the, the quality of life for years and years is just stuck as well. It's like stagnant. It's tarnished. Yeah. Um, and it's just, just they're just comfortable being uh, comfortable. And um, as you said, till you don't close one door, you want to know what what are the other doors that are opening for you. So people like mm-hmm. the security, they like the protected sort of a lifestyle. And so they don't want to venture into new ideas or new ways of improving themselves because it just puts them in a situation where they, they don't, they, there's nothing in, in control. Like same with COVID when it came in. Uh, uh, people don't know wh- when it's going to end, what's going to happen. So you could sort of see that happening overall globally, where yeah. nobody is ready to plunge into the new. Um, mm. uh, of course, it had its repercussions or whatever it had, but there was still unknowingness of like jobs and anything. But people were just like, so most of them were just afraid of going yeah. into the new. What do you think? It's okay. So what I think is that. Mm get too familiar when they're in an uncomfortable situation and when it repeats over and over again. I've seen this happen so many times. It's hard to break a cycle because that they start to believe, like I said, the core belief, mm-hmm. their core belief, they don't think of it, think of them as opinions. They think of them as facts. So they start becoming way too comfortable in an unsafe environment. Mm-hmm. So they become comfortable in the uncomfortability. And what they think is that, okay, so I'm in an uncomfortable situation, but what if things get worse? Because they have put it into themselves that their core beliefs are facts. They haven't experimented. And the only way you can change a core belief is if is you experiment with yourself and go like, you know what, 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 what really is on the other side? Why am I so scared of it? Find the hows, the whys, and the whats. Mm -hmm. If you don't know these three of your situation or of the situation that you might get into or you're scared to get into, then it's like, let's not even talk. You get what I'm saying? You have to know, you need to know the pillars of what your situation is. And you need to be, you need to separate the reality of what 
is happening in your external world and your internal world and separate those realities as well with the reality of what someone else is projecting on you. So for example, if you are in, you know, like you said, in a marriage, Mm. there, there are times when, um, and and I I know people don't talk about this enough, but Mm. there are relationships, Mm. marriages where women tend to have more of the control than men. Mm. And this isn't talked about much because core beliefs, which is, and this is what I like to say, Core beliefs are literally opinions that have been layered upon layered by the societal structure that has been going and evolving for years to come. This is not something that we humans, you know, individually were like, you know what, we're giving a vote to this and this is what's the truth. It just happened. Like many things in life, they just happen. So in these relationships where women have like most of the control and as a woman, I know you know, mm. what are the what are the bad qualities that women can have and what are the amazing qualities that women can have. Mm-hmm. And this in no way, shape or form kind of degrades, you know, womanhood um, and nor does it appraise mm-hmm. uh, the men that, that do what these women are doing in these, in these situations. Yeah. But women uh, in such relationships when, you know, one partner is so aggressive, Mm. and so dominating they project their world their reality onto the other one so what the other person is living is someone else's reality which is a dream for them Mm. because they have they're not fully experiencing their own reality because they're in that bubble that their partner has created for them you know like the partner could be like you know you you're working hard for your family Mm. that's Mm. an opinion that's not a Mm. fact Mm. who am i to tell you what you're Mm. working hard for Mm. right Mm. you have to decide what motivates you to do what you're doing and these are the small things that people kind of overlook Mm. when they're in a relationship or in a, in a friendship because mm. these small things stack up to become big things and that's when words like abuse domestic violence comes mm. in it starts very 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 small yeah. and if you don't look at them right then and there and have like transparent conversations and go like you know what i get it because a relationship is supposed to be a partnership it's mm. You know, there is no completing one another. It's complementing one another. Mm. And if you can't compliment me and I have to just constantly compliment you, then it's a one-way street. And one-way streets don't work in a relationship. Yeah. So, mm. so your, you know, the COVID situation was very similar where people were so um, fearful mm. of a new reality because, you know, we live in a society where the world is apparently lavish in some parts and some parts it's not. So people who were doing well were, you know, like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. this is, this is a huge thing. Like, oh my God, how am I going to get to the pandemic? But people who have been surviving where survival is their reality, Mm -hmm. they were just like, oh, this is just another day at work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, really important for us to kind of, have these moments where we're zooming into and really understanding like 
how impactful is this? I get it that COVID is such a huge thing and the mm. pandemic is going on, but there are things going on in the world that mm. that are so much more worse than this, yeah. you know? Mm. So to be scared of something like this, which we know comes with a time limit. Mm. We know it has a duration. Yani, like a few months, a year, mm. everything will be like, nothing will go back to normal, but this will stop. Yeah, yeah. And I liked how you said about relationships and how, you know, how they work and partners and all. It made me think that there's so many, um, not just marriages, but like I would talk about marriages because we were talking about it. And I, yeah. I, I know about them more <laughs> yeah. recently, with uh, friends and everything. Um, I feel there's so many unawakened marriages. And, yeah. uh, and, and these, as you said, uh, our parents are just you know, the the kids of other parents who were not healed. And so this unhealed sort of ancestral stream just yeah. keeps on going. And uh, so what I'm trying to say is that with these unawakened uh, marriages, uh, these kids basically, as in the parents, uh, they're, they're in, they're, their child selves is trying to be the parent, just like they thought their parents were, because their parents were never, never vulnerable with enough with them to tell them that, Hello, we can also make mistakes, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. That's one way of yeah. being vulnerable. To, I mean, with my daughter, I always think about this. I say that mommy can make mistakes. Like mommy has, like, she thinks about something and she does it and it doesn't work out, right? She can be yeah. wrong about something. But when mommy tells you, like, don't go near the water because you can, you know, fall into the stream or something like that, it's because mommy knows that's dangerous, that's what mm. mommy knows. But then mommy wouldn't like, I wouldn't do anything to limit her in her life. Like, that's my idea. She's just six. But I keep yeah. thinking about every experience she's having. And she's impressed me in many ways. Like, uh, things that I've not even taught uh, to her. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, she would just, like, if somebody's just, like, you know, said something to her and I, I want to get up and say something, don't say this to her. She knows how to tackle it. Like, I don't know. It's something that... Like mm -hmm. we are, uh, like, as you said, you had this ability as a kid that you had this little inkling in you that what's happening is not mm -hmm. right. Otherwise, you would have just like, I mean, God forbid, like kids become like, like slaves to their parents. And that shouldn't yeah. be happening because you just like, yes, whatever you say, whatever you say, become like a robot. And that's yeah. really, really bad situation to be in. And it happens in many cultures, many countries, globally, everywhere. But you had this little... Uh, I think you had this inner child, which was so pure, so beautiful, it, and it was so pure in its love. You know how we, when we come to this world, we're, mm -hmm. we're so close. The more younger we are, the more close we are to the non-physical selves that we were before we manifested yeah. into this body. So when we, when we come, we're, we just come from love. We come from joy. And I, mm -hmm. feel, I feel like you as a soul were so inside, uh, as in blessed or you knew, like you had this light. That no matter what darkness you felt, and sorry if I'm making you feel a bit uh, emotional or anything when I say no, this, but I'm okay. getting this from the fifth, the, this child that's growing up because I've got a daughter too, and and I've seen parents who just keep quiet or being abusive, and and I feel like you, I feel you have this beautiful, beautiful light, which had to shine through, and it somehow. It, it took over you and it protected you. And I, I'm pretty sure you're not really going through the exact things you went through after you had your mm -hmm. little understanding. Of course, you must have gone through a lot of pain and 
struggles and, you know, bottom pit sort of places where you don't know if you're healing yourself or is it actually working. But yeah. like, it's amazing that where you're standing right now and how old are you now? 20? I'm 25. Oh, God bless you. You are amazing. <laughs> I'm 37 and I'm just hitting <laughs> <laughs> like I'm hitting the wall against the spiritual awakening. I'm like, hello, beautiful world. You know, like, this has no age. This has no yes. age at all. I have clients yeah. who who are like much older than you, and they're just having, you know, just having that awakening. And trust me, you know, whatever age the journey is starts or begins, yeah. it's 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 revolutionary for us. Yeah. whatever stage it is and honestly every time someone like your words it really makes little sway feel good and <laughs> and she she's very happy <laughs> she's very happy right now so mm. thank you for your kindness it it means a lot because mm-hmm. I know today this way I am um I've differentiated. I know that Little Sway was a part of me, but there's a part of me today. The person that I am today is so different to the person that I was mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes I feel like I could protect Little mm-hmm. Sway. And mm-hmm. every time, you know, such words comes my way, I know, I know that mm-hmm. that little girl, that mm-hmm. Little Sway is just like, you know, she's just sitting there and she's like full yeah. of joy she's because giggling. it's so... Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. she yeah, is. I can, I can hear the giggles. Sorry, I get very intuitive <laughs> when I talk to people. And I oh, don't worry about uh, it. I see people in color, yeah. so yeah. What's uh, that all about? I was reading about you, and I was like, I can't even pronounce that term. <laughs> like, <laughs> I barely enough pronounce your name, and then I have to pronounce Benthesia or whatever that was. Sorry, what is it? What is that beautiful power that you have? Um, so it's basically um synthesis where. Um, I'm basically, well, I have a hard time pronouncing it myself, but it's basically where I see people in color and Mm. some people see people in, um, numbers and I just have the ability and I don't like calling it ability because I do have my, you know, psychic powers, but this was something that I was just born with. I see people and I see colors. It was very weird for me at first when I was growing up. I love um, it. But now I'm, it just, it plays, um, uh, what do you call that? Um, it plays what? a huge role in what I do in life. It's yeah. made me such a people person. And yeah. Uh, yeah. You know how to navigate it now. Like, you know, it's just yes. power and it's been showing up way too long and it's been saying, hello, <laughs> notice me. <laughs> right. Like, okay, you're mine. So I'll use you now. <laughs> so so um, I just, yeah. I just remembered. It's yeah. called, Synesthesia. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. And um, do you, can you like sense colors when you're talking to somebody on the phone or on a podcast? No, I just, I, I, unfortunately I'm only limited to <laughs> physical. So I, I think um, like, you know how people say they see auras. I think it's quite similar, but for me, it's more like I read energy Wow. Um, the, it's the energy that I'm seeing. It's the, you know, the frequency around of the energy that I'm seeing in people. And it allows me to basically understand what their emotions are at that time mm-hmm. and what their behaviors are really mean. Wow. Wow. So, do, yeah. you know, do you know other people who have uh, um, disability? 
Um, well, okay. So interesting thing. I come from a line of women that have abilities. This is just something I was born with, but I do have um, this thing called, I don't know what's exactly called, but everything I feel, mm-hmm. let's say I have a gut feeling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Every time I get a gut feeling, whether mm-hmm. it's good or bad, it happens. Okay, like and, a sixth sense intuition. Um, it's yeah, like a sixth so, sense, which is actually active, yes. Yes, so yeah. basically, if I if I say that, if I... So this is how it works. If I say it out loud, whatever mm-hmm. I'm feeling, if mm-hmm. I say it out loud, if I say it out loud, it's for sure going to happen. But if I don't say it out loud, um, there's a chance that I can still change the, you know, what the turnout is going to be of that situation that so I'm you, feeling about. So you choose to say it if you want. When it's it, important. Yes. yes. If I want it to happen. I choose to say it if I feel like in in the situation the person is in or I'm in uh, that I really need to say it out loud so that you know it can either benefit or wow I can avoid it I will say it but if I feel like it's something that's way too negative enough I say it um you know it's going to go south I just I just don't and it really hurts when I don't and people don't understand that it really hurts it it literally there's a physical pain because I'm not being able to say what you know that part of me wants me to say yes yes yes. yeah and um it's interesting because my uh my mother and my grandma Mm -hmm. uh from my uh from my father's side so my mother is uh she 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 used to have this thing called where she used to fall asleep whatever dream she would have it would Mm -hmm. come true whatever dream she dreamed it would come true And it would be very specific dreams. Like she would fall asleep. She, her dreams were very vivid Mm -hmm. and she would be able to tell them very, you know, colorfully. And the same exact thing would happen. Like a lucid dreaming or? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Like my, my mom and I were not, not that close because I told you, right? She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what, that's how it was. Like she would dream and whatever she would dream no matter how small or big it would come true and my grandma she would have this thing where she was very much into you know um energy reading of people but she had this thing where suddenly in between the day something would come to her and she would just blurt it out It, it it was like ticks wow and that would come true so it is said in my family, mm-hmm. in my families, it is said that the it's it's just the women. So if I have a daughter, she's going to have something similar, but in a different way. It will come to her a different way. See, I knew there's something happening there. I knew you had special <laughs> abilities. That little sway was a little magical little girl with a little wand, which nobody could see it because they were just, you know, wanting her to use her for their own benefit. But she knew she knew better. She always did. <laughs> And that's why at the very young age of 15, she took up and she said what she had to know. Today, she's helping so many people. I love how you have channeled all of that into a person who's like working with holistic and mental health and, and, in, like, and, and, and like the degrees you've done and the, everything that you've accomplished. Like you could have just <laughs> like sat in a cave and been a shaman or something and be like, come <laughs> to me and I'll heal you, you know. 
but you decided <laughs> to take it a step up like you have this that's evolution like for your ancestors to come or if you do ha- plan to have a baby or something one day mm-hmm, or whatever yeah. whoever you take care of in your life whoever will go from uh, learning from you all these clients you have they mm-hmm. will take an experience with them which will only take them a step ahead you know yeah. so it's it's so important to evolve yourself as you said healing and then evolving because then it reflects to whoever's soul you touch so it doesn't really yeah. have to be a physically like having a baby because uh, after i had my baby i think there's no like, <laughs> other than the fact that for me it was like yay i had a baby everybody else was like yeah so women have babies i was like mommy it worked you know <laughs> she's like Shh. i'm like so what everybody knows how babies are born you know I was oh my so God. obnoxious. Like I would talk about periods when my brothers were at home, and everybody was like, "Yeah, I'm like, so I have my period, and I'm gonna sit still, still sit like that." <laughs> so he was not allowed to go to my bathroom. When, oh, the, you know, and we were the transparency yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> like you were straightforward little one. Yeah, I I was um I was the eldest of five, and at the age of eight. I already had four younger siblings so they treated me like I was the eldest sister but I behaved like a crazy person so like <laughs> I was so not the eldest sister I was like putting them like like letting them do whatever they want to do and giving Aww. them more candies than I was supposed to distribute from the candy bag like <laughs> like get this candy bag and distribute it amongst your brothers and sisters and I'm like okay two for you three for you because I love you better <laughs> like, like, so, you played favorites yeah. okay all right yeah. Yeah, no but so I think I think that's what made that that's what makes you a good mom. Mm, I guess I you always know, had the yeah. little mom thing in me and that's yeah. why I just became a mom. <laughs> you know it, it's it's funny like I definitely want to have children in the future and mm. my husband uh, right now he mm. when he when he knew about um you know my intuitive side mm. he was freaked out. Because <laughs> cuz this is like it, it's it's even stronger when i when i care about someone right mm-hmm. and when i when i get what get a call when i get a calling that yes. is about them and uh, he would he would freak out he's like really and after that after like i think a good <laughs> yeah he would consult me like i'm his personal yeah. shaman like yeah. oh babe yeah. what, what do you feel about this and i'm like <laughs> and the thing is like you know this these things come to you it's not like mm. i feel something and um, yeah, yeah. and i'd be like i don't have a feeling he's yeah. like no 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 tell me how you feel about it <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know it's yeah. it's it's a uh, he hasn't he's spiritual and you know in his own way but we have come to this understanding i think it's so important like you said you know previously yeah. that when you're in a marriage when you're in partnership mm-hmm. you really need to be in tune and have mm-hmm. that respect for each other's mm-hmm. journey like mm-hmm. i'm on a different journey myself and mm-hmm. my husband is on a different journey but the respect that we have for each other's journeys is okay. is just beautiful and yeah. i respect it so much that's That's what's making me happy right now you know that's so important that's so important that you can also I feel like one more thing is that you should be able to talk about anything and and then Mm -hmm. and like it shouldn't be like oh I hope he doesn't get hurt but if I say this or if he would think otherwise why are you even in a relationship with that person if you have to think about these things hundred times or just have to hide them exactly yeah I mean, but most of us are like this. As I said, unawakened relationships. 
it's it's sad to see though people put up with so much thinking that they need to sacrifice to be in a relationship they that they need to put up with the hard times and i think the harder it gets is when you have kids uh if you care about your kids a lot and then you find relationship problems it's mm-hmm. harder to just not look in look at it as an isolated situation um mm-hmm. because you feel responsible uh for those kids and i think unless the kids are in some kind of danger most parents try to keep it going because they're like um you know at least our kids would have parents but then again from mm-hmm. your experience it also speaks out that you know um if parents are not what you expected them to do what what do those parents think like that when their kids grow up they will get any better as parents like that's not going to happen magically or something yeah that's just going to fly people just going to get old and if the kids is going to get more alienated and not understand their parents and then they are going to find partners which might be the opposite or just extreme version or like not even find partners because they're scared of relationships. Yeah, there's just going to be a whole lot of walls or either they're just going to repeat the pattern of finding partners that are going to be exactly like the parents in all the negative ways. Hmm. It's it's hmm. it's all about like breaking that circle. You know, you funny enough, very recently I was on um I was on a, another podcast show as a guest and this person he and his wife are you know not seeing eye to eye for example he thinks his kids mental health matters and his wife doesn't mm. and this is this is like such a crucial thing for kids i mean we mm. we're living in a world where it's so fast paced there's way too many problems and there are solutions but you know not one solution fits all mm. and when you dis- disagree at something like this where you're like you know what i don't really give a flying f about mm. my kids mental health or you know you disregard it or you call it lunatic mm. it's just it's it creates this divide and your kids can see it yeah. and this person told me that they are not planning to separate because they want to give a home to their kids and I remember telling this person your kids are going to see right through you guys. They you might you might think that, you know, seeing you both together and not having two different weekends and two different houses to go to will make their life easy and good, but they will see the negative parts of you and it will be ingrained into them when they grow up. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is this is how these kids grow up to be. They will see they will have partners who, you know, are very aggressive mm-hmm. so they will become they will become the less dominant one in the relationship um mm-hmm. these partners uh, they will choose partners who don't have any sort of stability in life mm-hmm. and i mean like not even the material stability mm-hmm. you know the the emotional stability they will choose people who are emotionally unavailable they will choose people who just don't show up and they will disappoint mm-hmm. you and they will get comfortable with that because that's what they saw going up. Mm-hmm. And when they do get with a partner like this, they're not going to leave them no matter how bad it gets because they think that's how relationships should be. No matter how bad it is. Mm-hmm. You oh, they crave, should Yeah, or they crave love so much that they think they they've been searching for it all their lives and they couldn't find it in their parents or they mm-hmm. couldn't see that happening in their parents. So they their idea of love is in that person who says Distorted. I love you, right? No matter what yeah. their version is, like somebody loves me. 
you know, and then they hold mm. on to that person no matter how toxic they might be because they're just like, they love me. They do love me, even though they give me all this pain, but they love me, you know. So yeah. you go crazy for that love, that, that idea of love. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's sad. It's absolutely mm. sad. That's why it's so important, like, you know, before you get kids, mm. before anyone gets kids, that they just <sighs> really ask themselves, like, Am I ready for this emotionally, mentally? And I know that even when I'm when I get pregnant, I'm not going to be 100% ready, but I should be able to at least say that I'm going to be able to try my best and not repeat the same patterns that I have seen my parents do mm -hmm. and just be the best version of me that I can be because as a mom I'm not going to be perfect being a mom is far from perfect it's about all those little imperfections that you know make your child's day better in any way you can and sometimes that happens through mistakes sometimes those mistakes are not even you know mistakes you're just like oh you know if I do this I know it's wrong but if I do this it'll make it'll make my child feel better mm. so it's all those little imperfections mm. and being able to just be like you know I'm ready mm. for this I'm mm. ready to give another individual who's mm. going to come from me mm. this life that mm. this person deserves and to always have that open mind and mm. I think most parents forget this this person that you bring into life are not your property yeah Yeah. It's not your property. This individual no. has its own emotions, has its yeah. own reality. 100%. Like respect the child. Yes. You know? Yes. When when they're hurt, mm. when they're saying they're like they're hurt, they're crying, they're not throwing a tantrum. They're just mm. expressing the way they know how to mm. express. So respect them, respect their boundaries. I mm. like It's in, mm. you won't, you won't believe that there's, mm. so prior to doing what I do now for six years, I was a special educator. So I worked with children with autism, Down mm. syndrome, mm. and, you know, they have developmental challenges, but mm. I've also seen like kids who don't have that, who are not on the spectrum, be awfully mm. challenged by their parents. Mm. I mean, it's, it's sad they it's like you lose your identity the minute you step out of the world yeah. like step into the world and that's not fair and that's our responsibility as you know the older generation that whatever generation we're bringing in next that we just need to give that you know that respect and you know um what's that word like that understanding that they are going to be an completely different identity and person out of us yes yes I had to come to this kind of understanding too. Uh, when um, when I had my first, um, when I had my daughter, I was uh, a bit obsessed with like the whole motherhood thing. Like I used to like, she was with me all the time. Like I used to make sure she's okay. And I, I, I loved becoming a mother and I didn't know I would be like that till it mm. happened. So it's like a metamorphosis. So till you don't mm. experience, you don't know what kind of a mother you'll be. So I was very involved with her. So if anything pained her, or anything happened to her, I felt it was like it happened to me. So I, I would mm. get very like, you know, like, don't do this to my child or something like that. But then if there's the grandparent or if there's my husband, I mean, they're equal, they have equal say in all of this, right? So mm. I realized slowly and slowly these things. And then it came to an understanding. And there's a saying that goes 
that you do not own your children. Uh, and that saying also goes to show that, uh, say in a way that they are your gifts, like your kids mm-hmm. are, like imagine if you were given a beautiful gift in a bundle, how will you take care of it? Wouldn't you think it's special? Wouldn't you be, you know, treated delicately and wouldn't yeah. you think that you need this gift to be like safe like in in like that kind of a analogy that basically mm-hmm. says that how many parents just think that even if the kids don't turn out the way they wanted them to is not mm-hmm. their fault like this whole connection yeah. of it is my fault because I didn't bring up my child properly when he was 12 or 13 years old if I was there sitting with him like this is what I've heard from parents like and I was Mm -hmm. taking interest in what he was interested in he wouldn't do this blunder where he ended up being with bullies and now he is in jail you know like parents always take like okay if your son is in jail like that just happened but then just don't just like don't you know get worked about uh, worked uh, up about it on yourself like if you know you did you just be like what you do you did your best in that time I mean if you're yeah yeah that's what it is most parents are trying their best and they get too worked up about like what will happen in the future what if he or she doesn't end up like this like it starts with schooling like if we don't put Mm -hmm. them in the right schools then what will happen to their high school and then what will happen to the university like what what is this planning for your child like let them you know they say that parents don't don't uh, um, parent parents don't bring up the children children bring up their parents like it's like Mm -hmm. you you realize you're a parent through your children yeah, you because you learn every day so many new things. I mean, I I personally don't know what it's like to be a mother yet, hmm. but when I spend time with kids for six years, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you know, it was it was really hard not to get attached because these kids they were they were the light of my life hmm. at that time. You know, catering for them was the was the most beautiful experience I had everything every day taught me something new and it always they always made me hopeful for the future mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. very very hopeful because they have such pure souls they say these things and their imagination at that age is just so so mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. and you know it's it's interesting that you brought up um the whole thing you know where parents go like oh my child went to jail blah 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 Here's the thing, right? Hmm. Everything in life happens for a reason. It teaches us something. Yeah. I I just absolutely don't understand since when did it become like a bad thing to be going to jail? And and I I I'm pretty sure it sounds a little wrong when I say it, but let me give context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first of all, when you are in kindergarten, right? Hmm. When you're, when you're a child and you're in school, you get timeouts because mm. you've done something wrong. Mm. Okay? Mm. You get timeouts because you've done something wrong. Mm. And you don't really know. You're like a five, a six-year-old kid, a seven-year-old mm. kid. They just know that maybe because I took this pencil that is not mm. mine from someone else, I got this mm. timeout. Mm. They don't think they did something wrong. Mm. Right? Mm. But after getting that timeout, it's instilled into them that they did something wrong. Yes. So it's a reinforcement. Mm. Well, there, there are things like, you know, rehab, uh, rehab centers and jails for such reinforcements when mm. people 
who are no longer of age to be parented or taught something by, mm. you know, an authority figure, these things are in place to teach them that, that, you know, what you're doing is wrong and maybe you should try mm. some other way of life. Mm. But mm. these perceptions that as parents, as adults that we create, mm. we, we keep forgetting these are the same versions. Going to jail is the same <laughs> yeah. version as getting a timeout when you're in kindergarten or being kicked out of class in university mm. or you get what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. why is it wrong why why mm. do you why do uh, you know when parents become parents go like oh my god that's such a mm. bad thing i mean mm. we mm. get it <laughs> but your child mm. if, if we technically talk about it okay mm. your child will probably going will be probably mm. going to jail more than you imagine in his own lifetime if we mm. just simply talk about the context and don't the time think, out yeah the time out exactly is just like Jail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, we're literally putting them in a corner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Completely isolating them from everyone else. And we tell them reflect. Isn't that what a jail is? Yeah. <laughs> you literally go sit there yeah. to reflect on what you've done for a period of time. So why is mm -hmm. it wrong? Yeah. And what, why do we, why do we make it a big deal out of it? Okay. If, and I'm going to say this, if my, I mean, God forbid, but if my, if my kids in future ever go to jail, I will feel bad for sure, hmm. but I'm not going to shame them for it. And I'm not yeah. going to take the shame that anyone in society gives me for it because clearly, okay. clearly he did something or she did something that was not right Hmm. And he needed to be reinforced. And I clearly did not do the job. I wasn't, I wasn't the right person who, yeah. who did that job enough to tell him at that point that, you know, you did something wrong or you did something right. But yeah. at least he got that reinforcement from somewhere else. Hmm. 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 And that's all that matters. If it, if it, if it make, if it plays even a small amount hmm. in his personal development because his experiences hmm. are just as important as mine just because i didn't go to jail hmm. doesn't mean his experience is bad or his experience is not worth it yeah you don't yeah. know you don't know like i've met people yeah. who've, hmm. who've who've been who've gone to jail and come out they are hmm. wonderful they're hmm. so they're so full of they come out with this uh, this whole new mindset because that mm -hmm. isolation, okay, we can put ourselves in jails every day if we want. That isolation really makes us think about life in such a different light. Wow. And I guess that's why they're called correctional facilities. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this is why, you know, this is why I get so upset when people go like, oh, jail's mm. bad. Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I get your fear. Yeah, have, but, they have that whole uh, the what the old movies used to be like, you know, what jails mm -hmm. are all about, and also like the whole feeling of like dungeons and jails being the same thing, and uh, people getting hanged and that kind of uh, idea of jails, which is also mm -hmm. there, but then that's another version of things. But as you're saying, yeah. there's a lot of good work happening with the people, and yeah. you've re really met with them, like you've actually sat with these people, and that's from your own experience that you have seen. Yeah. And you think it's for a good cause, because um, uh, sometimes that needs to happen, you know, and as you said, if my son goes to jail, that I will understand that he, it's for a good cause, because he maybe I lack somewhere where 
he needs to go through something to understand it. So fine, let them do it, right? So it's about uh, speaking up for justice, even if it's your son or your brother or somebody in that court. And if you know they did wrong, then you have to say they did wrong because yeah. uh, you can't be taking sides here, can you? Right? It, it, you know, it's um, this is what I related to. Years ago, years, years ago, mm. mental health was as bad as going to a correctional facility, which is jail. Oh. So if you would go there, you would be called a lunatic, a maniac, mm. um, a psycho, and all that shit. Mm. So now we've, we're just kind of repeating that same era in a different way because people, I mean, therapists were known as crazy doctors in in <laughs> in that time they were like yeah. oh you you want you want to work with people who have mental illnesses and mental disorders you you're you're a crazy doctor we'll go take you to a crazy doctor that's mm. how degrading it was once upon a time and yeah. now correctional facilities they're they're doing so 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 much to mm. you know really do the same work that every field does so it's that mindset. If you just look at it differently and you, if you just look at it the way, like everything we're going through now mm -hmm. is going to change and it's going to be looked at in a better life 10 years from now. So why are you bothering yourself, yeah. you know, degrading mm -hmm. it? Because, you know, we're in, like I said, we're an ever-evolving world, ever-evolving universe. Yeah. There, anything that you feel like is negative now, just really ask yourself why. And mm. watch how 10 years down the line or 20 years down the line, you're going to be proven either right or wrong. Mm. 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 That's it. That's it. And I, I like how your story, when you first started, you, uh, and you said something about, you say, said a few things about your mother today as well. And there's mm. one thing that I uh, kind of resonate with a lot is where the mothers just stand and look, you know, they don't do anything. Uh, mm -hmm. And you faced it in the most harshest of ways that I ever know anybody to face it. And God bless you for going through all of that and still being who you are, the amazing person. But um, what I uh, look at it as is it further affirms my idea of I'm not going to be that mother. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And it makes me look at my children at a in a very different light life uh, light today as mm. I stand uh, and the reason I want to express this to you is because uh, in my spiritual awakening I have learned uh, one of the core lessons that I've learned about myself and I cannot live any other way is to not be those complacent standing passive suppressed mothers who no matter how educated they are, you know, edu education is not a, a, a an indication of how enlightened or how much you know how to change, you know, do what you're supposed to do in a situation. Uh, so I have decided that I'm not going to be that kind of a mother and I'm mm -hmm. going to change for my ancestors to come. And and just to say it, like my mother wasn't like that, like completely, like I know pretty much she would do something if somebody was getting beaten or something. But I still feel there were so many other ways I saw her as passive. And, yeah, that, and I, I think that, that makes I, all the difference to your thinking of what women should do in a relationship, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I just want to quickly add this because I think mm. it's very important. Yes. Yes. Um, women, when they're passive and they don't act, at least once in a lifetime, we will experience this. I know this firsthand. Um, my mother went through it. Um, I don't know when, you know, I mean, God forbid that it ever happens to anyone, but at least once women go through 
a time where they just don't have that power. My my mother, prior to me coming into the world, she was an amazing woman. It was the marriage mm. to my father, the her own trauma mm. that she dealt with and she didn't heal. And mm. it was it was the same thing for my father. His mm. trauma and his non-healing made him project at you know project onto mm. me the physical abuse. And my mother's was the mental abuse. I carry mm. a lot of empathy for her um, mm. and for every woman who's kind of in that state because mm. in that state, it's like you're in a trance mm. and it's, mm. it's, it's a very scary trance because mm. you're trying to get out, but you can't because you've just mm. not done any healing work and it's just a repetition. Imagine being with a, imagine being with a man for years, you know, for years and, and watching him abuse your child every day and not being able to do anything about it. It's a scary trance. It's a scary state to be in. And she, I think I think at that time she was just scared. She was just scared, you know, for herself. It was a fight or flight. She was scared for me. I think she thought that, you know, if if he if he just lets himself out, like I'm I'm definitely sure I'm not gonna let my daughter die but if he just lets himself out maybe he won't kill her mm. you know mm. and i carry a lot of empathy for her obviously at that time and for a good long time i i really couldn't respect my mom because mm. of the mm. fact that she just let that happen but mm. today i have forgiven and i know that every person who i've mm. come across who has done any pain onto me they have been hurt yeah, and um, that saying that goes like um, we're all just victims of victims exactly and mm. it's just you know I it has to start with me I have to if, if the, I mm. I have to break the chain if mm. I, I can choose to be like my mom and keep mm. you know being scared and um, yeah. hurting other people yeah or I can just choose too. Yeah, I've exactly. That. I have taken that, you know, uh, I think it's when you first start to awaken, it's the little changes you make rather mm -hmm. than you feel the pull to completely have a transformation. But I think it's when already there's a structure around you and things seem peaceful, but within you, there's a fire. You need to go mm -hmm. in increments releasing that person yeah. that you're becoming, I guess. And that's how it is. And I loved to hear this from you a lot of times I had tears in my eyes because I could so relate to so many things and I could feel your feelings and it doesn't have to be an empath does it <laughs> no it doesn't I feel no. you girl <laughs> I every time it. I loved it I mean it was something I needed to hear and so mm. what I'll do for you now is because you said such beautiful things and we'll have you on another podcast because there's so much to talk to you about <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I cannot Thank stop you. talking it's like I want to ask you this and then I want to tell you this and then I want to share this and but I'm like you got, you got a time thing too and one of my kids is going to just get up from bed it's like mom I couldn't find in the house it's because mommy's hiding in the study like that's basically the cave in the house and they won't expect me to be here because this is this this is their dad's study and i they would be like no dad's doing his work there i they wouldn't enter like they wouldn't think that she could be there like it's totally out of their minds so let's go with these cards that i do at the end of the episode which is uh called a power thought card shuffle um, mm -hmm. These cards are by Louise Hay, and I, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she does a lot is, of... Is, is this an oracle deck? 
it's not an oracle deck. It's uh, it's a, it's just affirmations. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, but but it's she, like, she also has oracle decks. She does. She does, yeah. and I love oracle cards. I do, and I will get yeah. onto onto them. But right now, I only have these. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. I would suggest that you know start with the affirmation cards, and then start mm. with an oracle card, and then go on to tarot. Because right now, I'm I deal with tarot cards. Um, I'm wow. very strong with my intuition, so wow. it it's it's very easy for me to do that right now. Uh -huh. But don't do the mistake of diving into them. So what you're doing is right. Affirmation <laughs> cards, then oracle cards, then tarot. Yeah, that's as I said, but increments. It's like yeah, a, a part of me is saying, do tarot cards now. But then I'm like, yeah, I went to the shop and I let it come to me. Like, what was I feeling? And then yeah. there were two, two signs that came together and said, buy these first. And I, there were mm. so many cards in that shop. It was like crystals and, you know, one of those spiritual shops. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I want everything. <laughs> like, so okay. this, this um, is where I'm just, starting. Yeah. Just, 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 uh, just a heads up. When you do get an Oracle deck or tarot deck, make sure it's gifted to you. Mm. Um, if, if you buy it yourself, there's a bad omen. Um, so, okay. like, you know, per okay. buy it, buy yeah. it, but don't touch it. Maybe have your husband or your kid touch it and then give it to you. <laughs> okay. You know? Okay. Okay. Thank I you. Did, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I, I ordered it for myself yeah. and uh, I told my husband, you make sure you touch it and <laughs> then give it to me. He <laughs> was like, okay, there. <laughs> this is the <just laughs> beginning. <laughs> I know, I know I've got a lot of friends in my life who are kind of scared of my intuitiveness and it's only with certain friends and mm -hmm. I haven't really dwelled into this part of me as much but I am this year getting into it mm -hmm. because it's happened too many times with people I care about it's like I think it's when I genuinely care about someone and there is no judgment there's no looking at them as a 3D human being it's just like just getting it like it's just coming to me about them and they get scared yeah. they're like okay then that's a bit too real about what is happening with me you know mm. i'm like i'm not no, even but, trying it's just coming you know no but but that's yeah. the thing that's why every mm. time um every time i say something i have i have some scientific backup to it that's why i like mixing metaphysics yeah. and philosophy and psychology together because they all make sense when you put them together Perfect. So nobody can say that, you know, hmm. oh, my God, you're freaking me out. Because I have scientific evidence. What are you yeah. going to do about it? I love you know? metaphysics. I love metaphysics. It just explains everything, like quantum physics and everything's like, yes, this is the idea I was going to say in a different way. But this makes way more sense, you know, with all these <laughs> ideas that you read about. Okay, so let's do the card shuffle. And mm -hmm. you're probably the expert here. So I'm like getting a bit nervous. <laughs> it's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. You do you, girl. All I want you to do is go away with this feeling of uh, gratitude for you and that the fact that you shared all the experiences and that you were here, that you took out time, that you actually sat down and thought about my listeners and the people who will listen and also felt vulnerable enough to share yourself with us today. So I just wanted to give you some positive messages that would just come Aww. up as one of the cards. And it's up to you if it resonates with you, you can keep it in your heart. It's totally up mm -hmm. to you. <laughs> oh, so. you're such a sweet <laughs> And we have got a card. Let's see. I'm not looking down because they're double-sided. So if I look, mm -hmm. it'll be like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> did I just say cheating? Okay. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a 
know, like, oh, like I grew up with the word cheating a lot, like in classrooms, mm-hmm. and then and then I just used it here. It's just funny because it has a different connotation. Uh, <laughs> it's like the things I've experienced in life. Like I was in Pakistan, mm-hmm. in Pakistan till the age of eighteen. Then I came to Australia. Oh, wow! Even when I was in Pakistan, I had family from all over the world. Like they had lived in America, wherever. So I've got this accent that's all mixed up, and then experiences yeah. that also I mixed up. People usually, when they talk to me, they're like, where are you from? Because it's it's really difficult. I come from like three different cultures and I was brought up in the UK. So when people talk to me, they're like, are you, are you Australian? Are you Kiwi? <laughs> yeah. Are you British? Like, where are you from? <laughs> like, where are you from? Like, they look at your eyes and they look at your head and look at your face. Like, where is she from? It's like that feeling, right? And you just feel yeah. it. You feel it. Like they're like, where is she from? Where is she from? Where is she from? It's like not cannot analyze this. This not computing. Like it's like I a glitch. <laughs> I've got that too. Because I'm like my facial features don't match a certain culture anyway. But like if I go into my accent, they're like, okay, so that accent is pretty weird too, you know? Like they can't, <laughs> they can't pick it. It's like, what is this accent? Like they can't. So okay, so yours is it says there is no blame. That's the first mm-hmm. side. And the other side, and I've never had had this card before out of the sixty-four. I've done it before for other people. Okay, so it says I release the need to blame anyone, including myself. We're all doing the best we can with the understanding, knowledge, and awareness we have. Uh, There is no blame, and I release all blame, and we are all doing the best, and uh, awareness is all we have, and understanding is all we have. I am amazed uh, because this card never came up for me. It never came up for my parents. It never came up for whoever I did it with. do these cards for you and I what I do is I'm getting more intuitive when I do it so I think like I say dear universe please give me a card for this person and when I was talking to you I was getting more in tune with you 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 as if you're sitting right next to me and that's when I took it out that's how I took it out and that's how I do it I'm not trained but this is how I do it (laughs) no 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 because here's this this card resonates with me so much. Just before this, just before this, mm-hmm. I was on another podcast and uh, I, I was a guest, and they asked me. Uh, this person asked me, like, "Who is your biggest fear, or what is your biggest fear?" And I said, "I am my biggest fear because I'm the only thing that's getting in the way of whatever I desire, need, want in life. I'm the I'm my biggest competition and." It's my mindset, it's my behaviors that are the only things that that are holding me back because I have relieved myself of all the external factors in my life. I've forgiven everything, I've gone through everything and I've moved past all of that, but it's now just me, Mm. you know? Mm. And very recently I've just been uh, dwelling on like, you know, my, the new, a, a new project that's at works and I'm like I'm, I've just been doubting myself so much even mm. though I know mm. I've accomplished quite a bit and I I don't remind myself that often because mm. there is this part of me that I feel like if I'm not being humble I'm mm. being selfish mm. you know so this card resonates with me so much because I spoke about this just <laughs> literally an hour ago wow so you're good at this you're good at this trust me yeah. I'm glad it made uh, like it had a good effect on you like you feel it was good for you so that makes me happy like that's the whole idea like if it makes you happy I'm like cool yay <laughs> so thank you so thank much for today uh, Swedeen 
And uh, see, I could pronounce your name correctly today. <laughs> At the end of this, now that I got to know you as a soul, um, it's been lovely chatting with you. I think this is the longest podcast I've ever done, but I have I'm not so regretted a minute, not even a second I've regretted or any way. I mean, not with anybody else, but like I've not even realized that we are on 76 minutes and 48 seconds. <laughs> Oh wow! And, and, uh, I love this. I love this. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been such an absolute pleasure to be talking to you, and you're just the kindest soul, and you're oh. so energetic that it really, it you know, it just came to me oh. like naturally. Usually, you know, I get uh, when when I do guest appearances, people, I'm 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 so intentional with the energy that I bring in. So that mm-hmm. even if the other person's energy is not that high, mm-hmm. I can, you know, promote it. But mm-hmm. sometimes, like when I've had a long day, and today was a really long day for me. I've been up for God knows how long. <laughs> and I was yeah. really hoping, I was really, really hoping that this, uh, you know, I can, I can be yeah. of use and share like real insights on this podcast so your energy really made a huge difference for me thank you so much thank you so much i'm also starting a new way of living where i'm waking up at 5 30 a.m and it's like (laughs) 11 30 p.m and i'm not even realizing like i didn't even sleep a little bit in the afternoon i try to sleep but i didn't do that but like with you i don't even know if it's night day or afternoon so i'll just be honest like Seriously, and I'm not being kind or anything. I'm just being blunt. Me, <laughs> nice. it's, it's so nice. Yeah. You're just I, I love the transparency that we have. This conversation has been such a delight. Me I too. like from the bottom of my heart. You're loved Aww. always, always Aww. love and good energy for you. I know you've got your hand on your heart as you say this. <laughs> no, no, seriously, and nothing I say yeah. has. Oh. because I'm, I'm the kind of person like if I say things I'm very mindful and intentional of the words that come out of my mouth for whoever it is so mm. I mean I really do thank you so much for having me on your podcast thank Aliha. you lovely me. having you and would love to have you for more podcasts too thank you for your time for your energy and all that you had to say today and keep laughing I love your laughter and it's oh. contagious I laugh too and I love to laugh ask Adam on his podcast I was a crazy <laughs> laughing person I was like ah so I loved your laughter somebody else loves to laugh just like me and keep that going lovely speaking to you today yay thank you thank you bye bye take care take care And if you would like to keep in touch with Swedeen, you can do so by going on Instagram and typing in Sway Sings. That's S-W-E-Y-S-I-N-G-S.